Hi, my name is Philip Carrillo, and this is the One Percent Podcast. That was a good one. Stay tuned for the next episode, guys. Hi, everyone. This is Julio Carrillo on the One Percent Podcast, and today we have Martin Perón from Veraco Mortgages. And why don't you give yourself a quick little introduction about what you do and who you are? Great. Um, like you said, Martin Perón. I'm a residential mortgage broker, and what we do on a daily basis is we help people find money to purchase properties or to pay off debts. Um, so we can unlock equity in properties. To example, people have multiple credit cards; they want to pay them off. They're paying 20% interest rates on those. We refinance the property, and they can pay it off. We also have clients that have a huge network of liquid assets, but they still want to leverage their properties to invest furthermore, and so we also can do refinance for them. We help people that want to invest further, have multiple rentals. We're doing a deal right now. The person is buying his 14th property in Vancouver. Um, yeah. That's a 14 properties in Vancouver? Vancouver, yeah. Well, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's great that you could talk about uh, mortgage brokerage uh, and lending because A, everybody needs money now. It's hard to get money. Yes. And to some cases, it's expensive. Really expensive. To get money. But before we continue, I always like to start off with everybody with a little bit of Don Julio. You okay? You can <laughs> yeah. tell me when to start. I'm not, we're not going to get so. And so, and, and, it's, and it's a new bottle, too. It looks so, great. Yes. Just uh, relax the nerves a little bit. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. Gosh, I thought you French were a little bit more. It's not wine. Sorry. This is this is my version of wine. <laughs> wow. Well, I guess it's better for you. It's healthy, technically. Yeah, it's from herbs. <laughs> um, money, lending. Yes. Um, what are you seeing in the market now? I mean, everybody is. I mean, I talk to countless business owners and co countless people, and, and we'll call it just uh, uh, in the regular market. But they're all complaining about the rates. Everybody's complaining about where it's going. It's too expensive, scared of it. Most of my personal clients, uh, their biggest headache is that most of their mortgages are going up 30%. Yes. So, yeah, what are your, I mean, you're, you're in the trenches. You're dealing with these people on a daily basis. Yeah, so what I find right now, like the trends, would be that we have a lot of first-time home buyers, new immigrants to Canada that are purchasing. They mm -hmm. come here, they have a good job, they usually have no debts, and so they're able to purchase a one-bedroom condo. They don't really care so much about the interest rates because sometimes where they're coming from, they're, they can't purchase or the real estate is not the way it is here. And so when they move to Vancouver, they're so excited that they're able to get into the market. Mm. So that's one of the trends. The other trend mm -hmm. that I see is the middle class that is here can't really afford to purchase anymore. Some of them that have a variable rate mortgages can't afford their payments anymore. And so that puts us in a weird situation where even if they want to switch to a fixed rate, their current lenders is going to offer a bad rate. Mm -hmm. And if they want to requalify with a different lender, they can't anymore because the stress test is too high. Okay, so two questions on that one. First, you talked about the, the first the, the first time home buyers. Yeah. And you know what based off of what you're saying, that's almost for me a red flag. Only because they're willing to get so desperate to get into any home. 
that they don't care about the big picture on what they're really getting themselves into. Like they're willing to take almost any rate. Like I get it, but at the same time, sure they're in a home now, but doesn't that solve, doesn't that create a problem down the road? I mean, you work with these people uh, on their because uh, here in Canada, obviously it's a three to five year term. It's not like the United States where it's yes. where it's thirty years. So don't you see that as a okay? You have a home for the next two years, but what's going to happen later on? Do do you see a lot of defaults in that sense, or do you see a lot of people struggling? I mean, interest rates, my personal opinion, are still going to keep going up. Yep. Um, do you see that as a problem? Well, usually for first-time home buyer, I highly recommend fixed rate, regardless of the difference between variable and fixed. So even when the variable were mm -hmm. much lower than the fixed rate, I would say in an email, I would pay the premium of a fixed rate. You know what your payments are going to be like. It's the first time you're getting a mortgage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you don't want to have the uncertainty that comes yeah. with a variable rate mortgage. Those people that are coming here, they get a three-year term, five-year term fixed rate. So their payments are not going to change for that gotcha. term. Gotcha. Um, and they're insured mortgage for most of them, meaning they don't even put 20%. That would be my biggest concern because when you don't put 20% down payment on the property, what if the property value decrease? Got it. Then eventually you could be in a, like in a bad spot situation where you have to do a lump sum on your mortgage and most of them wouldn't be able to do so. But even at a 20% mortgage here in Vancouver, what, uh, I mean, going off of, I'm going to throw numbers out here, uh, a really small one bedroom condo could probably, even if you're all the way on the outskirts, could probably cost you from 500 to 800,000. So we're going to use $700,000 as, as a, as a medium. That's, that's a typical mortgage and 20% on that. Well, yeah, some people can from mm -hmm. gift. A lot of gift from parents but I would say the price right now because of the interest rate being mm -hmm. so high are quite decent for for one or two bedrooms okay uh, downtown Vancouver I just saw a purchase contract for a one bedroom in a den for 560,000 Wow and that building has all the amenities you can think of so it's kind of attainable I wouldn't say affordable but attainable to get that one bedroom downtown right now um, because there's less buyers, less competition on the prices. Yeah. I'm curious because when we met, uh, we met, met at our networking organization and I love the energy of when we first met because I remember your words and that's when I'm like, oh, she has hunger, that's fire. You said, I'm here, I was on maternity leave, so you are a mother of how many? Two. Two, and if you don't mind saying their ages. Two and four. Jesus, you yeah. are... We'll get onto that subject in a second, <laughs> but uh, you know you're a mother of two. You are from Quebec. Yes. Uh, but like I was saying, when I met you, you said I want to make more money than my husband. I'm here and I'm here to work. Yes. And then we had uh, a nice little lunch and we talked more. I'm like, okay, no, she wasn't playing. There's a difference though, and I'm sure you can tell with when you meet people because we're, we meet people all the time. That's our, yep. that's our job. Is I can tell when people are being genuine, and when people are just you know, yeah, I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna work hard. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, you can, you can normally tell a player from a non-player. Plus, you're competitive because you play tennis. Yeah. So, um, how, the, the hunger, you were on maternity leave for? I took one year. One year? With my first yeah. child. Yeah. And I was going crazy. Yeah. Because you, if I don't work, there's no income. Or the EI, which yeah. is 55000 a year, so poverty. Um, and so, 
not only I was going crazy, but I felt, you know, I could see how successful my husband is and still were. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to a meeting. I'm going to a meeting. And I was like, well, why don't you, don't I get to go to a meeting? Mm -hmm. And the conversation between him and I, that, or a sore point is always, well, I make more money than you. So I get to go for a meeting and you'll have to stay with the kids if the kids are sick or whatever. And so that in my belly makes me so mad. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, and I love him. I'm going to stay with him. But I'm thinking, if I make more money than him, then he's not going to be able to tell me this anymore. It's going to be, no, you stay home with the kids. I'm going to that meeting. You figure it out. Because now it's always me. If, we, if I, the kids are home, I have a phone call. He yeah. doesn't care. He has his own phone call. He's going to do, go to the office. I'm on the call. Kids are yelling in the back. So that, that's one of the... Um... It's a beautiful thing because uh, I think, uh, you know, there's this big culture right now that I will tell you I don't agree with uh, in, in a lot of the women's movement. Uh, but um, one of the strongest things I've always admired about women, just because I saw my mom growing up doing it, and it's a lot of what you're saying. Uh, sure, my dad made more money, but when it came to her work, she was just a house cleaner. She, whenever she got called in, she took care of the house, she took care of us and my brothers and my sisters. Dinner was done, house was clean. Like, it wasn't just work, mm -hmm. right? And it, just like what you said right now, uh, your husband, you know, has a phone call, he deals with the phone call. But you, and it's almost fun, but it's kind of like you have to go through that r passage of rights almost mm -hmm. where you really have to just work your ass off. But I can't imagine being a woman entrepreneur. It's a lot, uh, on that sense, I will say, yes, it's a lot easier for men because, sorry, babe, I got a phone call. Yep. We, go, we go to work or even if you're not an entrepreneur, just a nine to five, uh, working a nine to five, you come home and it's, sorry, babe, I just got home from work. I need my time on the TV. Sorry, yeah. I just did this. I need my moment. I need mm -hmm. to go with the guys. I need mm -hmm. my alone time. But when it mm -hmm. comes to mothers, it's, there's no off time. It's not even a choice. Yeah, it's not it's even not a choice. It's not available. And even worse, that you still have to do all those with a two and a four-year-old. Jesus. You're already doing that and you just went on vacation and you probably had to pack everything and you're still probably doing your phone. Oh, yeah. I know you're doing your phone oh, yeah. calls because you yeah. called me yeah. and we were still dealing with, 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 some, with some business. And I'm sure you still had your kids, and then you're still like you're on everything mode yep. all the time. And I don't think mothers uh, get enough of that credit. It's almost like um, I sometimes feel in the current uh, world that we live in, it's almost frowned upon or don't talk about it kind of situation. And I think if it were just the, the perspective were to switch just a slight bit, and you can actually see she has her own business. She's also a mother of two very young kids. It's never going to shut off. It doesn't matter how much money you make. Yep. It's not going to shut off. Yep. You know, even if, even if your husband does help out or contribute, we'll go 50-50 on the situation. It's still hard on both. Mm -hmm. It's still hard on the relationship and the marriage. There are just so many things that gets put into your bucket that you have to go to work every day, put on your smile, and shut up and do it and deal with it. And I think that's one of the most empowering things a woman could do is be a mother um, even crazier being a mother in business mm -hmm. and i just want to emphasize that because a lot of people don't see that mm -hmm. they just see i'm a boss bitch i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do this well i don't think a boss bitch just hasn't has has a business i think um someone who's really really powerful is also a mother and can handle 
not even three balls juggling in the air. You're juggling ten at this point on fire. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, that I mean, you gotta tell us a little bit about that journey or the mindset and how you're still able to just still focus. Yeah. Well, I would say since I'm a chill a kid, since I'm a kid, I always had something in me yeah. and. Uh, I watched a documentary about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, the one that just came out and on Netflix? And then when he said he had a fire, yes. that really related to me because as a child, I remember saying to my parents, you know, I wanted to this, this, and they're like, sure, or mm -hmm. wouldn't believe me. Even in my workplace, when I first started working, uh, they're like, oh, you can't get to this role because you don't have a university degree. Well, guess what I did? I was working full-time. I was still working part-time as a bartender because I love cash. <laughs> and I would do uh, my university four class every semester online so I could get the degree and get to the next place in the business. So it's like every time someone tells me no or say, well, you can't do it, it just like burn the fire, like that I'm going to do it. I'm going to prove them wrong and I'm going to do better. Yeah, so I'll relate it to another movie I saw that, uh, that really... It, it, it ties in together. So uh, Wreck-It Ralph, you have kids. Yeah. Wreck-It Ralph. Okay, in the first movie, I remember she was trying to, Penelope, she was trying to say how she knows she's going to be a racer. And it's the same thing. And I genuinely believe since I was a young kid as well, I knew it. Yeah. And she says, it's, I don't know what it is, it's in my DNA. It's in my code to be a racer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how you know you're meant to be an entrepreneur. There's a entrepreneur, people who want it because they see what everybody else is doing yep. and they want to be an entrepreneur, but they don't have the work ethic or the skills to even do it. They can learn them, but the chances of them even actually doing it. And they're probably going to give up because they didn't get their immediate results. Mm -hmm. But for me, when I hear about those things, it's like, I know in my, in my DNA, yep. in my blood, I'm going to do yep. something great and amazing. And this is why I'm able to do so many things so much like wake up at 4 30 or 5 o'clock and get to the gym and do my workout my first workout of the day by seven o'clock when i see some of the contractors that work in my neighborhood leaving for work i'm already pulling in i'm already I'm, i've been up for three hours like where are you guys going yeah um but that's so, my competitive nature and then so what do you think was the thing that started you what was like hey i want to do great things like what what it was that say this is um, why I want to do it. That is, like I said, I think that's part of the DNA. Yeah. But when I was a kid, um, watching my grandmother work, watching my mom work, um, you almost need to go through, have trauma in your life, yep. and you almost need to have pain to actually help you push through. Because with that trauma or pain, I'll tell you this much, I know what I don't want. Yes. I know what I refuse to accept. Yes. Fine, I lose today. Yes. That's fine. That's part of being competitive. In any competitive sport, you will lose. You're not going to win first place. Arnold, in that episode, he was crushed yeah. when he won second place because he was so confident in it. But you know what? He came back. And I, I think in, that same, uh, in the same uh, episode, he said he walked up to the guy, hey, congratulations, that's the last time you beat me. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's more my same competitive yeah. nature. I always say, if you don't fuck with me now, you will eventually. Yeah. And... You know, just to have that grind and hustle. I see other people. The gym is actually one of the best places to get that motivation because uh, watching other people work out and I'm looking, oh, shoot, he's pumping two plates. I'm not pumping two plates. I got to get 
to it. And yeah. then I work out. I just sent, I just sent uh, uh, one of my mentors uh, had a post on Instagram today. He was doing biceps and then I was like, look, I'm so pumped now that I have to realize I have to work even harder. Until my veins are coming out of my arms and look like a freaking <laughs> international highway, then I'm not doing it right. Yeah. But that's part of the, the, the competitive. There's a yeah. difference between being jealous and envious yeah. and being competitive. So for me, it's just, it's all out of love and respect. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, to, to answer your question, it's hard to um, narrow down what drives it. I just know what it's like not having anything at all. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced the best of the best and lows of the lows, and I choose best of the best every time. Yeah. But I, I like when you say that you have to struggle yes. to succeed. Absolutely. And I, I think one of the funny things I go through as a parent right now is there's a lot of parenting changes happening. Yes. And it's a lot of sugarcoating, and I understand that we have to respect our kids you know, on emotional stuff, but I find that sometimes parents don't let their kids struggle, mm-hmm. and then you see the effect now that they probably don't yeah. work and they're 24, they live at their parents, they, you know, they need a gift for down payment because it's not just the economy, it's the way they were raised without yeah. any struggle. If you raise your children, you can spoil your grandchildren. If you spoil your children, you'll raise your grandchildren. I love this. So there is a fine line. You, as, as parents, you have to, have to, have to let them struggle. Mm. When, when my son falls, I don't coddle him. I look at him and I make it look, I, when he fell, he was just crying. And I'm like, did that hurt? Did that hurt? And then I just showed him, I was like, but it's okay. Look at Papa's hands. You feel that? They're very rough. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. I was like, now you have rough hands too. See, that just makes you stronger. And it's just, you got you like uh, kids at two and four, mine's, mine's four and a half. You have to be able to kind of switch the perception yep. a little bit and get them to see the, the lighter side of the dark yep. because it's still dark and that's fine. But there's always some sort of light in that darkness. Yes. I, I find that in today's generation, in today's uh, workplace, workforce, everybody just wants to see the dark. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my boss did this, my boss did that, my boss doesn't want to pay me, he's a jerk, blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. Have you just tried just going through it? Like, I want to know, like, uh, uh, what is the hardest thing that, what's the worst thing that you did at your job? Why did he fire you? Because you're so perfect. Yeah. I'm sure he saw you and said, hmm, you're so amazing, I got to fire you. Yeah. You know, that's not always the case. And there are certain, certain, certain circumstances where, you know, it's, they have the budget cuts, blah, 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 blah. That's yeah. not yours. But if you always provide, and this goes for my industry, your industry, or any industry, whether you're an entrepreneur, billionaire, uh, just starting out, graduated college, or just graduated high school, as long as you provide a value yep. in, that, in that field, it's going to be hard to replace you because you're providing a value. Yep. Sure, you may not get paid what you want to. But again, it won't, if it's not now, it's eventually. And that's, I think that's what makes the biggest difference in, as a mortgage broker. I don't, I don't believe in new clients. They're just clients. Your job is to take a client. Mm-hmm. So most clients will come to you because you are providing a value, whether you're mm-hmm. more attentive in customer service, whether you're just a rock star and you did the impossible deal with the guy with 400 credit score with $10,000 and you somehow, you know, did your magic and did your little salt bay on it and next thing you know, poof, you got a ribeye steak. Yep. Uh, but that's the thing. When you provide that value, they always come back. 100%. You know, even if you can't help them now, uh, providing some sort of value, 
I can help you. I, you know what? I can't work with you, but Julio can. Mm -hmm. I can't work with you, but Mark or John or Peter or Paul, whoever, right? As long as you are able to provide that value and it succeeded. And that's why it's so important to be around specific people, I think. Yeah. You know, I know the difference now. Now I know the difference of having the right people around me and the wrong people around me. And the wrong people doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means you have to have the right people who can either push you, motivate you, inspire. Ins mm -hmm. Inspiration is a major thing. Yes. Like if we were to hang out and our, we were to go out and hang out with five different people that are on the same level, that are hyper competitive, that to me is the most satisfying thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I went to the gym with a, a certain big brother of mine. It was probably one of the best things that I... Probably one of the best things I ever did, and, you, and we can talk about this in, in your tennis, because it's, I did so many dips. Okay, fine. I'm 220 pounds. That's already hard. Yeah. And he comes around, and he's like a buck 50, and then he just grabs on his belt and gets the rope, and he puts oh on another God, 50 weight. pounds, gets weight, and he's like, I'm going to do some more. <laughs> and I was like, all right, fucker, I'm going to do some more too. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where the hyper-competitiveness is healthy. Y yes. You know, yes. hyper-competitive. You're in a very, very competitive uh, industry. And that's actually a good question. How do you deal with, with, to be fair, there's thousands of mortgage brokers. Like, how do you deal with that? Um, I find it really easy, actually. Like, I, there's so many mortgage brokers yeah. and so many realtors, right? You Value is one thing. Customer service is another thing. But also, don't, I don't steal client. I'm just going to tell the client, okay, if you're working with a mortgage broker already... And it's, there's no, you know, things that's going wrong. Just stay with them. And when you say that to someone, what they're going to do is they're going to fire the other broker and come with you. Yeah. And it's, it's really like I'm, I'm honest with someone. And yes. so I'm going to tell things the way it is. People can feel that. Even if it's on the phone. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I want to be with someone like this. Yeah. So everybody wants to buy, but nobody wants to be sold. That's more my, my interpretation of it. Because even on social media... I dislike social media for the most part, but I understand the necessity of it, and I, you know, you got to play the game for the most part. Yeah. But uh, the best thing about it, even with my team that I have, I always tell them, I'm not gonna be fake. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna drive a car. I don't drive. I'm not gonna do these things. I'm yeah. just gonna be me. And you know, I like to say some funny things. I like to be a little provocative at times, but I'm not gonna change who I am. Yeah. And I think that's what people need. And I say all that because it's the authenticity. And the authenticity that we have today is bullshit because it's not. It's all fake. And so the more genuine you can be, people are like animals. They can smell the fear. Yeah. They can smell the bullshit. So uh, it's just all about being authentic, providing value. Uh, and, you know, if they work with you, great. And if they don't, move right on along. Yeah. You know. And I think you got to also stop caring. Like in my, one of the things that helps me is like, not really ego. If I don't know what it is, I will call a, a better mortgage broker, yeah. someone that's been in the business longer, and that will have a solution. And I will mention that to the client. Yeah. Say, hey, I don't know this. I never did a, did a deal like this, but I'll find a way. I'll find a solution. Mortgage broker, we can't work with some of the banks because they have their own mortgage specialist. They don't want to work with us. But you know, I have someone at each of those banks that I can refer someone, the top in the top RBC guy. I know who it is. So I have a doctor. He banks with RBC. Too bad for me. RBC will roll the red carpet for a doctor. So I say, hey, talk to this guy at RBC. And so even though 
you don't close the deal, mm -hmm. if you do this for someone, it's going to refer you yes. more business. Yes, I always say not every win is a win. Yeah. Sometimes you have to lose to win. Sometimes you just have to. And it's and again, it's okay. Like I don't mm -hmm. have to be the biggest person in the room. No. But, you know, giving business to other people, um, not sharing, but being Usually able to prospect, it, it, does, it does reciprocate yeah. at certain degrees. They do, people do remember that. I know plenty of people who do me some favors and uh, I always keep them in mind. Yeah. You know, if it's not now, it's eventually going to come. Mm -hmm. Or I just say, you know what, thanks. I don't know how many people I work in this industry, but the day I do have some someone, it's absolutely going to go towards you. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, on that same note, you are hyper-competitive. I know because you play tennis. Yes. So, this is just for recap for everybody who doesn't didn't catch up on everything. You're a mortgage broker, you have your own company, you have two kids, uh, you play competitive tennis. Yes. You do all of this. Yes. And so for everyone else who can't think that they don't have fucking time. Well, time. okay, I do have a cleaner that comes every week. Yeah. She doesn't do laundry at all. I have to do that yeah. while I'm on the phone. Um, we have babysitters. We don't have a full-time nanny. Um, it would help a lot, but at the same time, there's the guilt of also being a mom. And, you know, I do make breakfast for my kids, but it's a moment that I'm sharing with them before I send them to daycare. Uh, so, but the tennis, I will play usually later in the evening. So they're asleep, but there's the babysitters there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, tennis for me is my, the way to kind of release. Got it. That's what the gym is for me. Like, yeah. you know, work hard, play hard. Like my tennis is kind of the, the, the play part. And I love doing tournaments because it's so competitive. You, 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 like, and if you win, it's just so good. Of course. Um, and that's why, like, I, it, I need it. So for me, like, winning is almost like a drug. Yes. Right? And the feeling is amazing. But the best thing about winning is losing. And sometimes, the way I always say it is sometimes you need a lot of little wins, whether it's like, you know what, I made third place. Yeah. And I only trained for a year. Like, count those blessings. Yeah. Because even if you're in a very, very dark, dark place, if you count those small blessings, those small little wins, you know what, I took my kids to daycare today, thank God. Um, I, I got seven leads today. I spoke to 10 people. Whatever those little yep. blessings. I had lunch today. Yeah. I shared tequila today. Those little wins, to me, are the little breaks of light in the darkness yep. that eventually makes starts growing. Yes. But if you're constantly focused on, I don't have clients. How do I get new clients? How mm -hmm. do I do this? How do I do what that? How do, that, that is a digging yourself in more of a hole. 100%. And even when you lose, mm -hmm. I think losing is part of the growth. Yeah. But you have to study why did I lose this game? Yeah. What did I miss? What, was, what went wrong? Mm -hmm. So you correct it for the next time. And that goes for my tennis, my business, or the way I, write, I raise my kids, the way I you know, work with my husband for a relationship. You got to figure out what went wrong. What's the communication point? What's the thing you can improve? If you keep doing the same mistake, are you just a loser? Like, yeah, that goes into a form of delusion for me. Yeah, like if you, if you keep thinking you're going to win by repeating the same mistakes, then you're just delusional. Yeah, it's no different than someone trying to buy uh, a used car and try to soup it up to make it look like a Bentley. Yes. It's delusion. It's, yes. At the end of the day, it's not a Bentley. Yes. It's still a Toyota. Whatever it is, right? At the end of the day, you're just being delusional. And if yeah. that's the problem, 
I am very self-reflective. I have very, very difficult conversations with myself, mm -hmm. uh, especially after a, 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 if I don't win or if I lose or I didn't, you know, accomplish a certain goal. I ask myself, what did I do? Yes. Not did, what did my partner do or did my kids do or what did Martine do or anybody else? Yep. The client did. That's irrelevant. Yep. What was my contribution to that failure? Yep. And one of the, like when I started working in a corporation before I was a mortgage broker, mm -hmm. one of the most important things someone told me, a manager, was the only thing you can control is yourself. Absolutely. So if you're in a meeting, you're trying to convince everybody it doesn't work, you got to change what you're saying. You yeah. got to change the way you're doing it because you can't control and force them to say yes. And that was for me a big eye opener mm -hmm. to, you know, you can't control anybody else. So it, it no. doesn't matter if you blame other people. Yeah, yeah. You got to change the way you are and adapt to make it work. Absolutely. So in business, you also speak French. Yes. So you're bilingual. Yes. Are your kids bilingual? Yes. They are? Yes. Good for you. Yeah. It's challenging for me, but good for you. He yeah. speaks Spanish as well. Well, there's not many Spanish school no that's true right so it, like i would say i i would love to take the whole like hey it's me that spoke french to them but they go to french daycare they're going to go to french school because you know in canada it's canada french and english so they, yeah. ha they have to provide french school so i was lucky for that okay uh advantages of that in vancouver uh, in Vancouver, it might seem that there's no advantage, but I believe there is. At this time, because, you know, foreigners cannot buy, it's a bit harder. But usually, a lot of people from France actually want to move to Canada because of how green it is. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so, usually, it does help on that perspective. I am part of the uh, Chambre de Commerce francophone in Vancouver. So, I deal with business people that speak French and they refer me business. So even though francophone is not like sh show up there, uh, I would say at least twenty five percent of my business is um, really French. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yep. Um, any goals that you're trying to accomplish right now? Well, so I'm growing a team, a, okay. a team, team. Yeah, I'm growing a team. So I'm adding mortgage broker under me. My goal would be to, or my goal is to generate so much leads that I can pass on leads to the team instead of just showing them how to get them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my goal, like have a team. I would say of like, I would start with five broker under me and see how that goes before I add more. Perfect. Now, you, like I said uh, earlier, you said you wanted to make more money than your husband. Yes. I'm not going to ask for a number of obviously yep. what he makes, but what is that magic number? I think I, I have my magic number when I can actually sit down and give myself a pat on the back and say, yeah. you know what, I did all right. Yeah, so just for like, a, he has multiple sources of revenue, so it'd be hard to beat everything, but his main source of revenue is real estate. So real estate wise, I would have to make uh, at least 1.5 a year. That's a, that's a big boss right there. <laughs> but he, he does, you know, own a lot of real estate. So I don't know if I'm going to ever be able to equal all together, but I believe that from my mortgage, 1.5 is feasible. Good. Yeah. Anything that, uh, anything that you would say, like for me, um, being in this sales business, uh, 
you have a lot, a lot of new young entrepreneurs, or sorry, mortgage brokers who are just always gunning for it. Like what keeps you on your toes? What makes you just be very still competitive on it? Yeah, so the, the young brokers, unfortunately, it's really hard right now to work because you really need to know how to structure a file. The rate's being higher, it's hard for people to qualify. So they need to have a bit of experience to know how to navigate the guidelines of a lender. So they need mentorship. Uh, new brokers right now, if they obviously the the biggest thing is like if they don't have kids, they can go out all the time, meet people, establish more relationship that I could do. Um, but then once they have the file, is being able to do it. Mm -hmm. I I think my advantage is I'm able to do it because I when I started I studied all the guidelines. I was like very. I couldn't play tennis then because I was still breastfeeding, so I couldn't go at night. And so all I did at night was reading guidelines. So you, you, we keep talking about the kids because I think that's so important, especially for a woman in business. <clears throat> like, how do you manage? I, ca I can't relate because I was like your husband. Um, I got a phone call. Sorry, got to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I contributed obviously my part clearly, but yeah. uh, it's still one of those things where I do have that loophole. I mean, women have a few other loopholes that I'll, I'll give them that, but uh, as a as a father or as a provider uh, for the entire family, I do have that, and and it sucks because in my perspective, you're labeling it as he can take the phone calls because he's busy, and I have to deal with the kids. Mm -hmm. In my eyes. As a, as a father, I see it as I have to make that sacrifice of not being with my children so I can provide the way I want to provide for them. And I see it on my perspective as a sacrifice. And I know there's a lot of different ways we can break this down. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to justify what I do yeah. or that I could, but, uh, you know, John, John Sai, uh, I asked him one time because, you know, he's busy. Yeah. He's, he's everywhere. Yeah. 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 Uh, I asked him one time, how do you do it? How do you travel everywhere, do what you do, put all the content that you do into all the Zoom calls? I had 30 minutes on the dot with him. Yeah. Anything past 30 minutes, he literally just hung yeah. up. Uh, but anyways, I asked him, how does he manage everything? He's like, look, uh, he gave me his schedule for more or less, and it's a pretty intense one. It's very similar to mine, but he says, when I'm there, I'm there. Mm -hmm. Nothing else is there. Mm -hmm. And that's all that matters, even if it's just for an hour. I'm there. And for me, I, I, I sat back and I'm like, hmm, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'm guilty of not being there even when I'm there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still picking up phone calls. I'm still, you know, holding him or holding his hand while being on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay, Papa. It's okay. Yeah, no, look over there. Uh, I'm guilty of that 100%. Yeah. But ever since he told me that, I have tried my best to be there. But the question was, more how do you handle it as a mother because but I wanted to share the perspective as a father and I wanted to share the perspective of how I have more or less dealt with it so far yeah I could do better but uh, nonetheless it's how I've been dealing with it is is there is a sacrifice on yeah being the main source of income yeah because that main source of income does provide 
Uh, I'm not saying you don't contribute. I'm just saying it does provide the the daycare. It does provide a daycare is freaking expensive. That's a whole other mortgage in well, itself. Well, not the French one. <laughs> not the French one. That's like a whole other mortgage in itself. That's somebody else's rent, literally, uh, the way it is. Um, yeah. But yeah. How do you, how do you do it? Because again, there are challenges. It's yeah. Difficult. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Like I have to get up early. I have to get up before everybody gets up. I have to start the day. I like I get up. You know, usually 5.30, and then I do a little bit of work. So I'm not stressed when they get up because I'm like, okay, I'm catch up. Then, you know, when they're up, I'm with them. There's no phone in the morning. Usually nobody calls me in the morning. So it's good. Um, I make breakfast, we eat, and then get ready to school. Mm-hmm. Drop them to school or daycare. And during the day, obviously, I don't have to think about my kids. Then it's work, 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 work. And then I pick them up, and usually I have to cook for them and so during that time I try not to pick up the phone but it depends sometimes I try to get them early um, just so I can spend a bit more time with them uh, if I'm not too busy but yeah I would say I try to be with them as much as I can but if you know it's I'm with them at 4 30 p.m. and I get a phone call I'll pick up 100% and then five it kinds of my cutoff I'm like okay the bank is closed it's okay if I don't pick up at five and I can return the call when they're in bed. So after I put them in bed at 7, 7.30, then I'm back on the computer to about Jeez. 10. Yeah. So there's no, like, my spouse will relax. I don't. Like, if I'm not working, I'm either with my kids or playing tennis yeah. or doing a chore in the house. Yeah. There's no chill time. I'm going to, I have. This a, is chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question, though. Yeah. A little provocative. Because I'm going to be a little bit of a devil's advocate yep. on this one. Because uh, uh, obviously as a mother, you love your children to death. Yep. Do anything and everything. Same thing as a father. But my question would be, do you think as a woman in business, as having your own business and having two children very young, do you think it's possible to focus on your career and be top level over here in your career, but also be... mother? I mean, I do have a guilt. Sometimes I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I'm the best mom because in the morning it's not that I let them take their time. It's like, go, 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 get dressed, brush teeth. It's very routine. But at the same time, my mom and my dad were in the army, so they would work through the day. And I had the same morning, like, go, 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 get to school. We got to go to work. And so... The only difference would be that when they came back at home at night, if we were sleeping, they probably weren't working mm-hmm. because it's, you know, they work for the government yeah. where I will be working on my business. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't take any offense. Yeah. To the no, question. for it's sure. Just, it's just more of a, a I want to share perspectives because I think most people think it's easy. No. And most people think that, oh, because uh, it's a very silent thing. It's kind of like uh, I consider male or um men's mental health is silent issue. No mm. one talks about it. Yeah. It's a thing, but yeah. no one talks about it. But I also think it's a silent issue of women in business and women who are mothers in business, single moms. I know my mom worked her ass off yeah. and I know she didn't give me any time yeah. because it was one or the other. We eat or we don't eat. Yeah. And she had to do whatever it was. And I just don't think people can respect unless they hear the story, unless mm-hmm. they hear it from another person in that situation. And it is a sacrifice on your end. Yeah. It's absolutely sacrifice. Yeah. You know, and I just don't think a lot of people recognize it. Some people 
again, I'm going to use the, the boss bitch kind of mentality because that's the word I hear mm -hmm. the most. They just think it's easy. Yeah, no. I, sometimes I kind of wish, you know, I didn't have drive so I could be more with my kids and enjoy all the time I'm with my kids. But the truth is sometimes I'm like, okay, like, I'm, it's the weekend. When is the weekend done? Like, I need to get back to my business. Yeah. Because but that's, that, that's part of the DNA stuff I'm talking yeah, about. Because yeah. some people can shut it off because that's the easy route. Yeah. The easy route is just say, you know what? Uh, um, he, can, he can go work uh, and, and I'm going to stay home and take care of the kids because that's easy. Yeah. But see, because of that, I don't want to call it anxiety, but because yeah. of that, uh, that energy, that, yeah. that, that thing that drives you, that's yeah. the DNA code yeah. I'm telling you about. Yeah. Most people can't, though. Yeah. Most people will always choose the easy way. For Most sure. people won't go to the gym. Not because they can't. Because they just won't. Yes. You no, know, most people won't work. Not because they can't. They just won't. Yeah. Or put in the hard work, educate themselves more. You know, take care of the kids all day, cook dinner, get them ready for bed, get them showered, and put them, tuck them in, mm -hmm. and then pick up the phone call, and then do the emails, mm -hmm. and then do the paperwork, just so you can get your five, six hours of sleep yeah. and call it a day. Yeah. I I would say one hundred percent that sometimes I would prioritize my work mm -hmm. over the kids. Yeah. But I just don't feel it would be fair for me or them if I wouldn't do it because then I wouldn't be happy. Because when I, I did take the mat leave, yeah. I was not happy. And I didn't realize until I started working again how unhappy I actually was. Because yeah. I get into that place. Yeah. And you, sometimes you don't even realize you're in that place until you switch it up. Yeah. And again, because uh, you were a mortgage broker before the kids. Yeah. So, I mean, having that long pause and then having to be able to come back to it uh, with that energy and that grind. I mean, again, a lot of people say they get it and can admire it, but I don't think people could actually even do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying there aren't any other people out there, but uh, I just think it deserves a lot of respect. And I think it Thank deserves you. a lot of attention for someone to be able to do that. This is why I like uh, you're actually my first female guest. Uh, I wanted to be able to talk about it because I don't think people talk about it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of issues to me that are just so stupid that no that they want to give so much attention to, but they won't give attention to something like this. Yeah, you know. Um, it and it's last night I had a dinner and it's two couple and one of the male, you know, said, you know, oh, it's you know my my wife is working, so it's equal. You know, I believe in equal, right? So I'm like. I don't think you understand what equality is because even if she's working, she still do all what the mom mm -hmm. do in the house. And you know, if you even if you have no kids, if you're a, a, a female and you add a man to your you know real relationship and then you live together, you add yourself work mm -hmm. because you'll cook a better meal than if you were just by yourself. Okay, now I'm gonna argue that one. <laughs> Yes, I don't disagree. Yep. I just think that there's plenty of women who barely even know how to cook. Most of the guys yes. I know yes. all cook. Crazy. Most of the women, I mean, they could do Uber Eats well, rather well. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I do agree with that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not like that. Yeah. I no, will no, do, I'm not. Obviously, I, I'm I, not I will saying, But I, I, know, I, I know what you mean. Um, 
some of my you know girlfriends that are still single yeah. don't have kids they don't know how to cook and they have this long mm -hmm. list of what they want from a man like yeah. tall perfect teeth fit makes money and i'm like okay but what do you have to offer yeah. and so my husband very successful um you know he was dating a lot of girls but i think he found in me something that not a lot of girls have and i'm not saying i'm the best girl like that's not what i'm saying but i was able to provide value to yes. his lifestyle instead of him just having sugar babies yeah you know what that's uh that's funny so i i was uh at a party and then a couple girls are asking me questions about dating and this was my answer because i asked like how do you get a not a guy like me but a guy like me yeah. for the most part i'm relatively young Yep. Great money, yep. so on and so forth, whatever. I, yep. I tick a lot of boxes yep. for yep. the most part. So I just said, you'll never get a guy like me. Yeah. Because if you're going to come in at a basic level mm -hmm. with nothing mm -hmm. to carry with yourself with, then I'm going to treat you as a basic girl. Yeah. If you want a high-value uh, guy, and I know that's a word tossed around a lot recently, but if you yeah. want a guy like this mm -hmm. that tick off all those boxes, then you have to fly at 30,000 feet in the air because mm -hmm. that's where I am. I see the whole panorama. Mm -hmm. I see from this end all the way to the other. I see all views. And if you can't come at me at that perspective, if you're just coming at me, I just want the date. Yeah. I just want the shot. Yeah. I just want the bottle. Then I'm going to treat you as yeah. I'm just going to get you the bottle. Yeah. And that's it. Or I'm going to get you the shot. Yeah. If that. But if you're going to come in at a different perspective, add value, and you see all these things, I want a guy like this then you better be bringing, and that does not yes. mean money. That does not mean it money. It doesn't mean money. Because yeah. I can care less how because much Because they, they, you already had the money. Yeah. I can care less about that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's just interesting. Okay, yeah, because uh, again, um, it's just one of those things for me. It's just all about, you know, getting another successful woman's perspective. And again, challenging and it's hard. Um, I mean, I know, I think I know people rather well and I can more or less... I think I can identify someone who's going to make it just because uh, the only thing that's going to stop you at the end of the day is you. Yeah. You know, but uh, I really do appreciate your time. I enjoy the tequila. I'm sure we're going to do a part two because this is really great and I'm going to check in on you. I hope by the next time I see you, you would have doubled your business. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, Martine, it was really great Thank having you, you here. Uh, we'll do another drink and uh, we'll stay in tune for the next episode. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Hey. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Hi, my name is Hi, my name is Stay tuned for the next episode, guys.